Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. I get to bring the word and I love bringing the word and I thought I would talk about the two most influential forces in this world today that God has put here. Does anyone guess what those two influential forces are that God has actually put on the earth today to influence this world for good and for God? Does anyone know? To the person next to you, did anyone know? Everyone's like, whoa, what are those two influences? Well, the first one, if you hadn't realized, is actually the church. Whoa, you and I. How good is that that God chose you? To the person next to you, He chose you. Come on, He chose you. You are one of the most influential influences in this world. You know, point to someone else across the back of the room and say, you know, that is you. He's talking about you. Okay. I'll do it all for you. <laughs> but, but I love this moment is that God, he, he chose, you know, he put two forces on this earth to bring, you know, his revival, to show his light. He, he chose you and I, the church, to be an influence in this world, to be, to be a, a change agent. Do you realize you are called to be a change agent? Okay. I'm called to be a change agent. Maybe you will catch up one day. We are all called to be. I, I need something. It's 8.30 in the morning. I know, you know, we're a bit tired. Like, come on, did you all stay up? Cold mornings. It was really cold this morning. So cold. But we are called to be change agents. You and I. We're called to make an influence, to make an impact. He put the church here. Why? To make an impact. Why? To bring heaven to earth. Why? So that we will go out and we will what? Preach the gospel. You know, the other force that I believe that he's put on this earth is that of family. Family. Why? Family is here to impact the generations to come. I believe there are two forces that God uses to bring transformation to actually bring a foundation, to bring heaven to earth. You know, these two forces combined, you know, have a greater impact, you know, together than they do separately. These two forces, and this is what I find in society and within the world today, is that if the devil can just separate the two, where does he bring division? He brings division what? In family and in church, if he can. Because he knows that if he can divide that, he's one. If he can divide that, he's one. The thing that God holds true to is his church and is to family. The closest thing that we have that represents God himself and the unity between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is actually marriage. Why? Because it's his representation of that on earth. Why? Because it is husband and wife and the Holy Spirit together. So the devil's like, you know what? That represents, I'm going after family. You know that thing called the church? That's supposed to be his vehicle where salvation comes for all humanity. I'm going after the church. And and so the devil, you know, knows these things. And he finds that if he can trip those things up, then he's like, you know what? I might have a chance of winning, but I've read the end of the book. He doesn't. 
Like you would think he would get it by now. You would think he would just sit down and watch a bit of Netflix, but no. And so these two forces together is what brings, is, is that force that when we can get it right, when we can come together, you know what we can find? We can find salvation come to a community. We can find salvation will come to a nation. We will find that there will be people that will come and they'll know the love of Jesus because they see it represented in us. Together, we are stronger. To the person here, say, together, we are stronger. You know, to your wife, to your husband, or to someone across the other side of the room, say, you know what, together, we're stronger. Together, we can do something. We can make an impact on this world. Our primary task is to build God's kingdom in the hearts of men and women, sons and daughters. That is the primary task of the church and of the family. The primary task is that. The primary task is to build God's kingdom in the hearts of men and women and sons and daughters. To build foundation in people's Life, the first influence that we have is the church called by God into existence. It was called by God. You and I are called by God into existence. I love C.S. Lewis. He says, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make little Christ. If they are not doing that, All the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. For no other purpose. For no other purpose. Our existence right now is to draw men to Christ. You and I, our existence is actually to lift up the name of Jesus. To actually show who Christ is in our life. That is the church's existence. Collectively and individually. It is our existence. You know what? A hundred years from now, the only thing that is going to matter is someone's relationship with God. The only thing that is ever going to matter a hundred years from now is your relationship with God. Is my relationship with God. And so that says to me that, you know what, relationships, we need to get it right. As a church, we need to get it right. We need to be a church that is there drawing all men to Christ himself, to declaring the love of Christ to all humanity. You know, sometimes we don't feel like getting out of bed. Maybe it was that morning, this morning. You didn't feel like getting out of bed, but God calls you out. I I love it because, you know what, I don't need an alarm clock because purpose gets me out of bed. You know, some of us, we need an alarm clock, but for others, we're awake because purpose wakes us. You know, if you have the call of God, the revelation of God in your life is that all of a sudden you'll be woken to the spiritual things of life. You'll be woken to the call of God upon your life. And you'll want to fulfill the call of God that you have upon your life. I pray that we're a church that is awoken by purpose. Not by hearsay, 
not by an alarm clock, not by a pulling or a dragging, but we're awoken by purpose that we're willing to fulfill the call that God has for us as individuals and as for a church. I believe this with all my heart. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. He's talking to us. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand. And if it gives light to all who are in the house, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. The Bible talks about this. You know, it's the church's job to be the lampstand. Our job is to be the lamp so that people will find the light, that they will see the light. You know, our job is to shine light in darkness, illuminate God's grace and reveal His Son, Jesus. We are called to reveal His Son, Jesus. You know, at work, you are called to be the light. You are called to carry the light in your workplace. You are called to carry the light in your home, at your uni, in the world. In the world. You know, I, I find that we need to light. For, for some of us, uh, the light is so dim, it's... I love what Todd White says. He says that the question isn't who turned up the darkness, but who turned down the light. In the day and age that we live in is that the light actually needs to be turned up. For some of us, we actually need to take the light and put it front and center in our life again. For some of us, we've started to bring that light down. We've started to put a dimmer on that light. You know, the unfortunate thing is that when you start to dim the light, what takes place is you start to see less. Is that when the, the light of God is in your life and it is at full brightness, is that you start to see the things around you. You start to see as God sees. But then all of a sudden when it starts to get a bit dimmer, you, you can't quite see the same. You don't have the same faith. You don't have the same expectation. But then all of a sudden the light just tends to fade and then all of a sudden goes out. You know, one thing that I've noticed is that there are many Christians where the light is growing dull in their house. In their house. You know, some Christians have made their faith so personal, they don't even know that they are saved, let alone anyone else. And this is another trick from the world. Like, the statement is you don't talk about faith and you don't talk about politics. It's a deception of the devil. Because all of a sudden what you're saying is that God's word doesn't matter. Faith doesn't matter to anyone else but yourself. And then when all of a sudden you start to make those statements and start to shy away, then all of a sudden darkness tends to have its way because light has dimmed down. But I believe as Christians, we're supposed to have a light in every area, in every influence, whether it be politics, whether it be in the family home, whether it be in school, whether it be in your workplace. And that's why I believe the world has got to where it is today because we believe that statement that you talk about everything else, how good things are, how much you can have, but don't talk about your faith. And then we wonder why 
we have a faithless generation following us. There's nothing more healthier than for you to discuss your faith around the kitchen table with your family. There is nothing more healthier for you to be in the cafe after church discussing your faith. There is nothing more healthier than you to sit around the work lunch station and discuss your faith. Oh yeah, but you can't say those things here. No, that's the devil. That, they're tr trying to shut you out, trying to shut your belief. And then all of a sudden you don't even know what you believe because you haven't had a chance to converse. You haven't had a chance to express your faith, to really answer questions and, and those questions that come that your friends ask you and all of a sudden you're thinking, what do I believe? And you go back, you study the Word. So when you go back and you, you meet again, you converse again. We need our light to shine, to shine brighter than it ever has been before. I love what Carolina said a, a few months ago. She said, God's promises are always bigger than me. They transcend my life and go beyond who I am. They always involve the next generation. You know, we miss the whole point if we fail to sow ourselves into the next generation. Is that when we turn our light down, we fail to sow ourselves into the next generation. We fail those things. John 12, 32, it says, if I am lifted up above the earth, if he is lifted up, if Jesus is lifted up, I will make everyone want to come to me. All we have to do is be the lampstand and lift up the light. Will it get a bit uncomfortable? Yes. Do you reckon the cross was uncomfortable? Do you reckon the cat of nine tails was uncomfortable? Like, I think nothing. I think I'll get over it. But we just need to lift it up. As Christians, we need to lift up. As we lift up the name of Jesus, as we lift up the light of the world, as we lift up the answer to all humanity, they will come. They will come and find salvation they will find when we shine Jesus's light it attracts all his greatness will be declared from generation to generation when we lift up the name of Jesus as a church we are called to be the city on the hill we are called not to be in the back streets we are called to be right out front so those that are lost as they're, they're driving past is that they find the answer. Is that they walk through the doors. The church, you and I are on mission. You and I are on mission. You and I, you, in your workplace, you're on mission. In your uni, you're on mission. In your retirement village, you're on mission. I, I can't wait for to retirement. Carolina says that she's not allowed to die first. I, ha I have to keep living. She's got to die first. That's the pack. She's like, I couldn't live without you. I'm like, oh, I know. <sighs> and when she tells it, the kids are like, Mom, what are you doing? But I'm like, you know what? As soon as she dies, I'm getting a little red cart. I'm going to put Jesus on the back, and I'm going to be driving down the freeway, so I'm on the 10 o'clock news. Like, it says Jesus loves. Like, you know. 
I got nothing to worry about. My wife cannot get embarrassed. Like, <laughs> why wait? There's a challenge right there. <sighs> the second thing is, you know, the first is the church. The second is the family. I believe God created family, both the church and the home, you know, compromise or comprise of broken, imperfect people who God has chosen to tell his story. The home, it's, uh, Tommy Barnett puts it this way, is that, you know, the church or people, it's really imperfect people helping imperfect people is God's perfect plan. Turn to the person next to you and say that. <laughs> yeah, did we get it? <laughs> Do you just call the person next to you imperfect? You realize they're made in the image of God. But I, I love this moment is that he would use you and I. As he's like, you know what, I need a plan. Wow, I need a plan. I'm going to choose Jared. And he did. Uh, you know, he, he chose us to be in that plan, the church. But I love that, he, that this moment is that it's the family. Do you realize is that as family, we have a responsibility? Parenting. Do we realize, or as parents and there's a, a lot of parents here, there's a lot of grandparents, but, but do you realize is that, you know, we don't want our kids to be spoiled. Who wants their kids to be We don't want our kids to be spoiled. We just want them to be happy. Or do we? Or do we? You know, what we give our children and what we do for our children is not as important as what we leave in our children. Like, for each and every one of us, and, and for myself, we have this model is that I'm not raising kids, I'm raising adults. I, I believe that as parents that we need to stop raising kids and start raising adults. Because they actually, they actually have to function in this world. And the only way that they're going to learn that is through you and I. For us, we build with the end in mind. Okay, what do we want our young ones to look like? Who do we want them to be? We want them to be followers of Christ, so then we work our way back. Okay, what foundations do we need to put in their life? This is why I believe family is so important in church. You know, we want to make our kids be able to have an authentic relationship with God. That, that is my goal. Is that when you come to church, when you bring your young ones to church, the goal of our, our kids' department and all those things is to partner with the family so that they will have an authentic relationship with God. Is that we need to never stop pursuing them and fighting for the right to have a relationship with our kids. This one's vital. And so we need to always fight for that. We need to always be in that place. If you've got a family here, fight for your young ones. Fight to have relationship with them. Fight to draw them in closer. Why? Because there is a world out there trying to draw them away trying to pull them away. Whereas as fact, we need to draw them closer. God calls us to draw them closer. The relationship that we have with God and each other affects them more than you realize. The relationship that I have with God and with my wife actually affects the family unit. For each and every one of us, we need to make sure we have a strong relationship with God, they watch every action and hear every word. 
Like some of them don't even need to watch Home and Away to get Home and Away. Like there is a generation that is like that. They don't even need to put on the TV. They can just go home and walk into it. What soapbox are you portraying at home? What film have you got playing over and over in those little ones that come through your doors? And I'm not just talking about parents here. I'm talking about grandparents. Or maybe they do have home and away playing 24-7 in their home. But when they come to you, what's playing? They're watching. They're listening. They're hearing. The, the imprint is being, it's being imprinted on their heart. The foundations. They watch everything. You know, Carolina and I are not the only adult influences in our kids' lives. I had this realization is that as a family it actually takes a village is that these are the things that we can do at home but then also too we also need that influence and this is where I love where church comes in because you know we have the church but we have the extended family within the church we got to realize is that we need the extended family for each and every one of us for us to raise our kids to take on this world is that you know they need grandparents in their life Right now, if you don't have grandparents in their life, how can you fight for that relationship? They, they need uncles, they need aunties, they, they need mentors, they, they need the youth pastors, they need the kids' workers. They need other healthy families that they can interact with. And they need the church being the church. They need the church being the church. This is where we need each other. The priority of family should be authentic relationships with God and with others. If we have healthy families, we can transform a nation. If families would stick together, would put God first. And I know sometimes life doesn't go the way it should go, but but right now in that moment, whether you're in a high or low season, how can you develop that community? How can you develop that family around? Because right now, you know, you could be going through a, a, where there's a separation taking place, but how can you position your young ones in the right place? It, it might not be the ideal, but I know that God always has a plan. Priority. I love Ephesians where you start to look at family. It says wife's response to her husband should always reflect how believers love and respond to Christ. If we read through Ephesians 5, you start to see these things that will play over. A husband's response to his wife should reflect the very essence of love and gospel of grace that Jesus demonstrated on the cross. Husband, are you willing to demonstrate that? Ephesians 6 goes on and talks about a child's response to a parent should reflect a, a child's attitude to God. 
maybe, just maybe Paul was saying in Ephesians to establish quality relationships with each other, that is the reflection of an authentic relationship with God. Authenticity, relationship with God. T.D. Jakes makes this statement. He says, the reality is that it takes a combination of faith and work, success and struggles, failure and fortitude to produce the kind of success that becomes a legacy to be passed on to our children. It is not always what we leave to them as much as how much we leave in them. It's when we're going through these things, and I will say this, is that life isn't always, there will always be struggles. But it's how you work through those struggles. It's how you work through those challenges and, and the young ones that are around your life, whether you have grandkids or, or whatever it is, whatever stage of life you're in right now, that they will see and they will look and they will take their cues from how you walk out life. From the words that you speak to each other, the authenticity that you have. Psalm 78 verse 4, it says, we will not hide them from our children. We will not hide foundations. We will not hide the Word of God from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderfulness, uh, wonderful works that He has done. This is why I love faith, love hope. I actually get to sit around my table with my kids, talk about the foundations of God, talk about His wonderfulness, talk about what He has done, actually start to praise Him. And in turn, as we start to write it down, they, they start to remember and they're like, wow, we didn't know that God did that for us. Hey, we didn't know that He come through. I, we didn't. Man, I remember that. I remember that moment. And they start to remember and all of a sudden, a foundation of faithfulness starts to turn over in their heart. But it starts to build faith, expectation, and hope. Psalm 78, verse 7, is that they may set their hope in God. This is why. So that they set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. The church, the family, join together. Imperfect people, helping imperfect people is God's plan. Some practical keys. And this is for parents, but as I'm talking here, it's not just for parents. What, what I hope is it's waking your heart to realize is that within the life of our church, that it just doesn't take the family unit, but it takes each and every one of us. It takes each and every one of us. The first thing I find is that we need to position our family in the house. We need to position our family in a place where they can receive and hear from God, but we be with like-minded people. The first thing is we need to position ourselves, position our family. Like for us, we'll always position our family in the house. It's just what we do. It's who we are. I think it was Carolina's dad. We're going on holidays one Christmas. We thought we'd wag church. First time ever. And he goes to us. So you call yourselves real Christians. 
That was the statement, wasn't it? Something like that. So you call yourselves real Christians. You won't even go to church at Christmas. In the 14 years that we're in church, the first Christmas we're ever going to, and we're like, I love you too. Positioning. Position them in the right friendship groups. How do you position your kids in the right friendship? Don't let them choose their friends. You choose them. Time and time again, you wonder why families fall apart. You wonder why kids go and do it because you've let the kids make the decisions. We've got a world out there that just lets the kids make all the decisions. From three years of age, they're making decisions. I want to tell you this, is it time for the parents to be the parents? Not the kids. A renaissance. Parents that actually parent. It would solve a lot of the issues that we have in society today. If that took place. We need to position them with the right mentor. Who are those young adults around your life that you can position them with? You know, you choose their friends, but for us, we always have mentors. We always have young adults that have our belief, that are successful in life, that are studying, that have purpose around their life, influence our kids. Is that they'll take them out on dates. They will talk to them. Why? Because let me tell you this, is that sometimes kids don't always listen to the parents. So that when they get to that age, is that they're going to the right influence, the right voices to get the ability to be able to live their life. And I want to say this is that grandparents, you have that role in a young person's life as well. Draw your grandkids close to your heart. Draw your grandkids close because you can speak into them. You can love them more than anyone else can. And when life maybe hits the fan, that if they don't end up going to the parents, they'll end up going to the grandparents. Have each other's back. In those moments, in those times, in that, that place, position them in a place of saturation. Put them at camps, put them in a place. Don't, don't skip out on church. Well, the church didn't do anything for my family. Well, maybe because you only come once a month. Maybe we should be pointing the fingers back at ourselves when that happens. Because what that says, it's not the church's fault. It's not the family in this room's fault. It's our fault for maybe not putting the right foundations in and maybe actually not positioning our kids in the right place. It's very quiet. But unfortunately, it breaks my heart when I see these things. It's like these things could have been prevented. You know, today, how... Is your light burning? Position. But how is your light burning? The greatest influences that we have on this world today is the church and the family. And when those things combine, foundations are built. Solid foundations are built. So that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. So that the light would shine. Today, as individuals, I, I want to ask this question. Is your light burning bright? Or has it grown dull? 
Or, or maybe have you been the one that has actually hidden it under a basket? Because if you've hidden it under a basket, it's not going to influence anyone. It's not going to influence anyone. When someone walks into your house, when someone walks into your cubicle at work, or you walk onto the factory floor, is there a basket or is there light? Is there answers? Is there hope? Is there peace? Today, how is your light? Is He shining? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.